Rogers took away. Yes, with this. Get your money's worth. Now, The NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. If you were betting on the Pelicans last night, you would have won $150. Remember that if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code BOOT, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the playoffs, and you get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code BOOT at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 years or older, and if you or someone who knows that has a gambling problem, like myself, crisis counseling referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. Wow. Holy shit. I don't even want to do any introductions. I mean, <laughs> we're presented by Company Burger, located 4600 for X Street. I got to get into it. I got Chaz, who has to bounce in like 10 minutes. I can't wait to get his thoughts. Got five, who's taking something, making his eating. He's in camo, which is incredible. Lito, I mean, <laughs> Lito, my guy, joining us. We have Ross joining later. We have Schmidt Dua joining. We are tied 2 2 going into Phoenix. Uh, Chaz, I'm going to start with you first. You know, You've been pretty – one of my favorite things about you is that you keep it real no matter what. You've been really, really hard on JV, and you've been really, really hard on Willie Green, and both showed out last night. Absolutely. I think that's the uh, – you know, I, I always say this with both of those guys. It's like they're, clearly there's something there because they made it to this level, especially JV. Like I've seen you win this matchup several times before. This is probably the only favorable matchup for you on this roster. So you have to you have to take the initiative and hit first. You have to strike first. Last night he did that. He didn't back down. Uh, coach made some excellent adjustments. They didn't always work, but you can see the wheels turning. You can see the process with him trying to correct certain errors in the second, well, in the third game and the first game. So overall, I thought it was a great this team victory. I thought it was a really good team victory overall. Yeah, five. We talked about it and just. We talked about it so much uh, leading up to this game, but the adjustments from Willie Green were pretty simple, but they weren't. I don't want to say they were simple, but the way he mixed and matched certain defensive assignments last night, especially there in the fourth quarter, where sometimes you saw Chris Paul get blitzed. Sometimes you were in drops. Sometimes you know, JV was a little bit higher up. You know, Take me through what you saw uh, from the adjustments uh, from Willie Green last night. I mean, it's like, it's like a quarterback, like a Hall of Fame quarterback. You're talking about Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. And you you don't you can't really like there it's not nothing that they've never seen before. You're not gonna like surprise them, but you have to keep them guessing. Because if you do that, you can they can make mistakes. And you saw that from Chris Paul last night. He is the point guard. I don't care what anybody says. He might be the greatest point guard for me. That's me. That's me personally. But he got confused last night. There was so many things thrown at him at once, he couldn't decipher it all the time. Yeah, some stuff didn't work. But you put a lot of effort and did a lot of different things. It wasn't like the same test over and over and over again. Like you mixed it up. And I think that was like one of the keys to the game. Like you gave Chris Paul like a lot to deal with. He couldn't just key in on one one little thing and snake dribble and pull up or just pass. Nah, man, you threw a lot at him, and I think that that definitely helped us. Uh, Lito, you know, me and your BI guys, uh, I want, we are going to get into him later. 
Uh, but I want to talk to you about the younger guys. Uh, Trey wasn't that great last night, but Trey didn't hurt you. And I love, you know, I think Trey will have a, a pretty big impact moving forward and hopefully in the second round. But Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado, you can't say enough about them. They, you know, I, I just, what they bring defensively and every single night, how they don't hurt you as a rookie is, is truly incredible. You know, like we said last week, um, you got three rookies playing big minutes on a playoff team. It's something that you don't. We got to mute them because hold up, five, you, know, you got uh, audio tech, technical difficulties. We'll throw it to Chaz, Chaz. So let him fix it. Chaz, Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones. I, I mean, think, I think those guys, just like you have some, just like we all talk about Fred Vincent, like he can't work with everybody. You need some, some people who are already shooters to come, come here. Same thing happens with, uh, people with playoff mentalities are just that dog intensity because the staff for the most part, well, Willie is for the most part pretty reserved. You know what I mean? So you need guys like Herb and Jose who aren't backing down. They're high intensity guys. We haven't even seen like the best Trey yet. You know what I mean? So we know that's, that's going to happen at some point, but what Jose did and what Herb did is, is immeasurable for Jose to follow up the game he had in game three with this game last night, it was it's more than anyone could ask for. Yeah, I mean, five. I, you know, in, in rookies and playoffs, you see usually some rookies shy away. Uh, Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado have done the opposite. And even Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy's shooting with a lot of confidence. He's been incredible in this postseason run. But take me through, as you say, you know, point guard, Chris Paul, and I agree with you. I think he's the greatest point guard to ever play. But Jose Alvarado doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care. He's the best point guard to ever play this game. Like that mentality, that mindset is something that this team hasn't had for a really long time. Because it's basketball. They just like to play basketball. These are these are basketball players. Like I don't see Trey Murphy as like a one trick pony. I don't see Jose Alvarado as oh the only move he got is still in the basketball. Like, no, he makes basketball plays. I think Herb is probably one of the smartest rookies I've ever seen. You know, I, I don't I don't know if there's Maybe Magic Johnson's the the other one. I don't know. Like, like in intellect is a skill in itself, and I think he's come in to a point where like he understands basketball at a such a high level. Everything moves slow for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's gonna be crazy if somebody um doesn't have him on an all defensive team. Like, just. I think he should be first team. That's just me being biased. But I, if he's not on an all-defensive team, like we have a huge problem in the NBA where we're not evaluating what we're seeing anymore. Everything is just numbers-based. We we They don't care. Like we're, we're not watching basketball at this point. We're just getting notes from a, somebody that say, hey, this person had, you know, this, and they guarded this person, and then they're on this team, which are win like, Nah, man, watch the games. It's going to tell you. But our rookies have been, have been like, insanely good to a point where we just didn't expect it. We just didn't. And the experience that they're gaining from getting major, major playoff minutes is only going to be beneficial down the road. Lido, how are we, how are we doing with sound? Can you talk? Let's, let's see what we got. Can you guys hear me? Am I oh, clear? yeah. You're good, brother. All right. All so right. we're over Jose and, and Herb because Chaz and Five just talked about it. Let's That's talk about your guy. Let's talk about Brandon because he's turning into yeah. – he's a superstar. I, I don't care what anybody else says. I don't give a shit. Um, yeah. I was talking to one of my best friends last night, and when I was growing up, uh, one of my favorite players was Tracy McGrady. He yeah. is 
T-Mac was special around the mid-range, but T-Mac could also T-Mac was really more athletic than Brandon. But I remember T-Mac's, you know, when he would get to the baseline and hit that, you know, kind of little shimmy with the fadeaway baseline jumper, it was automatic. And Brandon is turning into that. Like he's getting to the junction of the baseline. And it's it's basically a layup for him. And I feel I feel for Mikel Bridges. I mean, he is doing everything in his power, and it doesn't matter. Um, so first off, shout out to Jay Crowder for flailing around trying to fuck my sound up. That's that's <laughs> that shit won't work like it did on the court, brother. This is about to be super New Orleans. Uh 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 Jay Crowder, uh Mikhail, Justin, you know what those are? Those are little boys. That's a little boy. Brandon is a grown man. That's that man is shooting over a chair. That man is in. I tweeted this last night. Brandon in the fucking matrix right now. He on the he he took both the pills. Ain't no red or blue. He took both them bitches. He fucking turned up. Brandon Ingram splitting the defense. You know what I'm saying? He going through the defense. He he. Tory Craig, was you even there? Why is you even in the game? Don't don't stand next to Brandon Ingram right now. That man is on fire. Is no answer that they have for him. Brandon is. Brandon is playing outside of his fucking mind. I'm so happy to see it. Like I'm just so happy to see it. Like he, he's he's coming. His 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 potential is coming to fruition. And for us to take that next level, or keep. I mean, dog, we talking about this is his first playoff game. This is his first playoff series. Look at what he's done in the games that he's played. Look, look, he's. I think he's averaged. 27 the series, if I'm not mistaken. I thought he was up to 30. Did I read that wrong? Nah, he had you... three straight 30 point games. Okay. Uh, he, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which That's is, even uh, better. Yeah. That's even better. Listen. AD, Anthony, Anthony Davis never did that. Bro, listen. My, never did that. my my listen, my agenda, my my BI agenda, I'm I'm honestly about to be done with it and put it up on my shelf. I no longer have to push this agenda. Yeah. It's I heard Brandon Ingram. MVP chance in the fucking blender. I heard MVP chance. Nah, man. Talk about talk about who he dapped up after the game. Come, oh my god. Oh my god. Listen, you talk about you talk about dreams coming true. Actress. I don't know if you guys know him as actress. But B, B, B. Stunner. <laughs> Birdman. He the man came to town to see the king. He said, B.I., you know what? I was trying to buy the Saints. They will let me do it. I want to put platinum eyebrows on chicks. They will let me do it. But what I will do is sit front row at this game, and I'm going to dab you off and let you know, like, yo, this your city. Yo, I know we put Brandon Ingram in the seven war, and I had to I had to slow down because last night, after he after he challenged Chris Paul to a fight, I said, yeah, he's from Uptown, man. He's from Uptown. Oh, my God. I love that. No, Chaz, I mean, you got to go because I want, I, want, I want to get a couple more thoughts on that because – What's impressive, and I did definitely want to talk about that, Lito, because Five had pointed that out earlier. You know it's in him, in Brandon, right? That, like, like fuck you mentality. I'll go take you out in the back and beat the shit out of you. But, but Chaz, it's his first playoff series. Usually you see guys in their first playoff series flop or struggle or they're not used to the speed or the physicality or whatever it may be. Brandon has just gone off. He's gone off. You know I think even despite it being his first playoff series, this is a pause right here, but the cream always rises to the top. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a couple of veterans on this team who, you know, everybody was excited about getting, and them dudes have been not awesome the last uh, few games, and I'll leave it at that. 
they've been not awesome. So Brandon, he understands the climate. He understands what's going on. I don't think that experience shit matters. I think when it comes down to it, people with that mentality, that killer mentality, and the skill set to, to accomplish what they're there to accomplish, and he's not intimidated by anybody. All that, you know, they're throwing different looks at me, they're trapping me. Like, well, you're just going to have to do it all night. Like, he's, he's out there like, yo, I'm the best player on the floor. I deserve to win this game. We should win these games. And that's the mentality he's adopted. And you can you can see it's evident. He's not scared of Chris Paul. He's ready to punch him in the face. He's scared of Chris Paul. So, like, he ready to hit him twice. He ready to hit him twice. You know what I'm saying? They already jumped Chris Paul. There's nothing Chris Paul could do. No one likes Chris Paul. Well, so, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. And Chaz, you have to go because uh, just let me know. But I know Schmidt's about to come on here in the next couple of minutes. Five, you mentioned it. You knew B.I. had that dog in him, and you've been wanting to see that. You've been wanting to see that. You called for it, what, maybe three weeks ago. You 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 actually brought up the moment when him and Chris Paul went at it, when it was the Lakers and Rockets. Is that right? When Rondo yeah. and P went at each yeah. other. Yeah. Uh, tell, me, tell me you seeing that moment, you know, I'll meet you out back kind of thing with that. What that showed you, man. Rest in peace, Nitchy Hustle. He was at the game, but man, you can't you can't sit there and and, and look at Brandon. I, I think it's more so the crowd in the environment, like who was there. You got Birdman, you got Currency, all his partners. You got your family there. You got you got people in the stands, and I feel like that was the moment where he had to take New Orleans from Chris Paul. Like, I really felt the pull, like, all right, Chris, stop with all the, I love the city, you know what I'm saying? I always got love. Like, you don't have to do that no more. I got this. This is mine. You go to Phoenix. You in Phoenix. You had an opportunity to come to, you know, the Pels, and you chose to stay in Phoenix. Yep. Stay in Phoenix. This We got this. And I, and I feel like he took control last night. You Do you think that Brandon took the city away from Chris as you've been trying to preach? I think. It's the steps that, you know, because Chris got ties. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to be I ain't gonna be facetious and be like, yeah, he took it completely. Now, nah, he got to do something. He got to surpass what Chris Paul did. He got to do that consistently. It's that, that C word. Like, he got to do that consistently. We need not just this moment. We need it again the following year and another year. And then, but this was the start of it because Anthony no. Davis never did that. So, you no. know, this is the, the start of it. Okay. Schmidt, Ross, join the show. Thanks for joining. Schmidt, let's get your initial thoughts. I mean, take me through the adjustments Willie Green made uh, from game three to four and how it really affected Chris Paul. Oh, shoot. Hold up. We got to unmute you, uh, Schmidt. Okay, I got you. I got you. I'm here. I'm here. I figured out this technology thing. Um, hopefully this works better than me in spaces because that does not work. <laughs> um, but first of all, I mean, I think – a couple key things is, uh, at least for me, um, I've been a little more reactionary to losses than the coaching staff has. You know, they lost that first game. I said, I don't know what they're going to do with Jackson. Um, they lost the game at home the other night. I was like, man, these Jose minutes have not been great. But the staff said, okay, hold on. These minutes haven't been great for either of those players. But instead of just kind of taking them out from those situations entirely, let's see what we can change to make their job easier. And with Jackson, <clears throat> they got him on the move a lot. They got him switching out on the perimeter uh, and just ramping up his activity. And then with Jose, they let him be the, the merchant of chaos that he is. And part of that was, was trapping um, Chris Paul and, and also just Herb, you know, just being doing Herb things all night. But part of that was also just 
knowing that, hey, he, Jose has done this all season long, so we shouldn't let like a 14-minute sample uh, take us away from what he's been doing all season long. So let's give him another chance. Let's see if he can create some opportunities for, for the team. And, you know, I've never – I can't remember the last time in Chris Paul's career that he's been forced into an eight-second violation. I was, but, God, I was just thinking about that. I want to get Ross's thoughts on that because we've grown up watching Chris Paul. Ross, what Jose Alvarado did last night to CP3, to as five said, probably the best point guard to ever play this game, and an undrafted rookie out of Georgia Tech coming in and affecting a playoff game and taking Chris Paul out of his game, I mean, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, it was impressive. I think what you saw, to Shannon's point, uh, was kind of a culmination of the way he was defended yesterday. Um, you know, because Herb, Herb provides his own set of uh, difficulties for guys just being a totally different defender than somebody Chris Paul sees, you know, on a night-in and night-out basis. And then, you know, and then you, you let Jose be who he was, and, and that's when he's most effective. Uh, let him pick up full court. Is he going to pick up one or two maybe tic-tac fouls doing stuff that, other guys don't do, yeah, but but the way he can change the momentum uh, of a game and the way the crowd is reacting to the stuff the team is doing with just one play is 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 different than 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 just about any other non-star uh, in the entire NBA, right? A star can get hot, make some buckets, and can change momentum, but for a guy like Jose to come in and and do what he does and be able to affect the game like that with without taking a bunch of shots, without handling the ball too much. Uh, it's pretty impressive, and you saw that last night. Yeah, Lito, um, you know, I was I had a pause moment today on Twitter, and I purposely do that because I figured either Five or Chris Connor or one of y'all would tag me in it. Uh, but I said it's not fun for Herb Jones to be suffocating Chris Paul all game and then Jose Alvarado to come in and dry hump him for 94 feet. Um, of course, I know, Five, I know. It was a pause moment. But Lito <laughs> – Chris Paul doesn't want to play that kind of game. He doesn't want to play that kind of pace game and, and have someone pick him up. You know, it's one thing to be hounded by Herb Jones for the entire game. Then you get to deal with Jose Alvarado. I mean, take me through that as, as his, you know, mental state. It can't be fun, especially without Devin Booker. First off, we have to pray for our brother, Justin, to get him some new wordage because we, <laughs> we cannot have you writing out dry humping on the timeline like that. Like it was, it wasn't, it was still morning when you wrote that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I it was McDonald's bad. McDonald's is still serving <laughs> breakfast and you wrote it. <laughs> I'm gonna download, oh my God. I'm gonna download the app that uh five told me to get. Man, but you know, anybody who played basketball or like if, if you don't even like you know, not like as far as um for a team or anything, even if you go to a rec center and you got somebody picking you up whole court, man, that shit is annoying. Yeah, it, it takes way more energy, you know what I'm saying, to get the ball across half court to get into the offense. And then if you look at it from Chris's perspective, there is no other ball handler for him to, there's no outlet for him because there's nobody else who can create on that team. You know, I know they have Cam, but in my opinion, he's kind of, I mean, maybe, maybe Justin has been, has taken Cam out his game by talking to him on the sidelines, but you know, like there was, there was just, there's just nothing there that Cam is doing. Hell, Devont, to me, Devontae has canceled Cam out. If you, if you look at that matchup, I think Devontae has won that matchup. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, Chris has 36-year-old legs. He's got a lot of tread on those tires. He's a guy that has seen a whole bunch of things. And like you said, like y'all said to start the show, um, you just want to make it difficult for him. Like, like, there's no 
there's no actually stopping Chris, right? But you wanna you wanna make it difficult yeah. for him. You wanna you wanna give him a hard time getting into their offense. And those blitzes and switching up the coverages throughout the game w- was perfectly done by the uh the the staff. And Jose, you know, controlled chaos, man. He he I'm so happy he finally got Chris with the sneak attack. Like I never thought I didn't I think it was possible. I didn't think that would happen. He got him. I mean, he got him five. I mean, listen, he's he's affected the series, but you know, moving forward now, five, I'm gonna get to Schmidt and Ross. You know, it's a three-game set. You know, you know that the Suns are gonna make their adjustments. Uh, and the Pelicans need to make their adjustments as well. What are you looking forward to the matchups uh in game in game five? Yeah, I think listen, Chris Paul played 40 minutes Friday night, played 36 minutes. Last night has to take a West Coast trip back. I mean, there's these rumors about having a left hand injury. Hopefully, Schmidt can maybe uh, clear some stuff up about that. I have no clue, Schmidt. I saw your eyes light lit up. I mean, I don't know. But five, what are you looking forward to? Uh, game five and, and and you know adjustments that need to be made. If if you're Monty Williams, what other adjustment can you make? Like. Oh. I really don't know what your next step is other than just making shots, you know, uh, putting multiple, you don't have a lot of, and there's not really another word for this. You don't have a lot of ball handlers, pause. Uh, there's really not, even in the facade, they don't like, Oh, you gonna say dribblers? Like that's stupid. Uh, (laughs) you don't have another guy that can, they can possess the, the, the basketball and, and get into the lane and make plays. Like you don't have a lot of those. So you just have a lot of reactionary players like, oh, dribble penetration, catch, shoot, dribble penetration, try to get to the rim. Like it's a bunch of that, not necessarily give you the ball and get a bucket and we can play off you because that's taxing on somebody like Chris. Like he got to dribble the ball up against Herb and, oh, when Herb comes out, goes out, oh, the, uh, Jose Alvarado comes in and it's the same impact. It may, may not be to the same degree, but it's the same impact. You got to do that every time. Like your mind just constantly churning. You're not even thinking about the play. And then you get in a pick and roll set and then it's different coverages and you got to make a play off that. They don't have enough. I don't know what the next step is for them, but if you're really green, you're in a really good position to take advantage of this. You know, I don't care if D books out, that doesn't bother me. I don't care if Chris Paul's other wrist is hurt. That doesn't bother me, man. Go in and attack. Do what you need to do to get this win. Continue to k- kill them on the boards. Take advantage of what you need to. If you make shots, you make shots. But attack at all costs because they can't play like this forever. Yeah, I mean, can't. that's a good point, Five Schmidt. You know, they last night you could tell there was a lot of more pace to their game. You saw Willie Green saying, get it up the court, get it up the court. Even, uh, you know, I think uh, God, uh, Casey Hill was uh, saying the same thing, you know, Obviously, pace has to play a lot, a uh, big role here in game five and uh, game six here coming up. Yeah, I mean, it's a completely different game when Brandon Ingram is able to attack downhill and he sees defenders on their heels rather than all of the Suns with all of their collective 10 eyes on him loaded up, forming a wall. And then, you know, they have to run their screening actions to kind of spring him open and they're just throwing you know, huge wing defenders at him. So, yeah, I think not just Brandon Ingram, but part of what's, like, made Devontae successful is he's getting open threes on their wide-open catch-and-shoot opportunities because of how fast the Pelicans are pushing in transition. The the Suns have to account for whoever's 
about to attack the rim, and then it's an easy kickout swing, swing, open three for Devontae. And it's huge that they've won the minutes with him on the floor, which is uh, making a lot of Pelicans fans kind of eat their words because we thought he would be unplayable this series. And it's, you know, part of it is them not having Booker. It, it kind of lets the Pelicans off the hook a bit. They're, they can match Devontae with the campaign minutes and and the Landry Shamit minutes and just really not lose much. But, you know, it's, it's huge when you can – dig deep into your bench, uh, get guys who are making shots. And then, you know, you're, you're buying time for your stars. Cause like, we still haven't had that CJ game yep. yet. Uh, I think it's because Mikel has been on him and part of the adjustment I think Monty's going to try to make is maybe they, they start doubling and trapping BI, which they've been trying to do, but like maybe like really as soon as he starts coming out, out of the half court. And the thing is BI has been such a good passer uh, this season and, and just, being a beat faster than he was in years past, seeing those uh, double teams come, accepting them, seeing where the weak points are, finding it, finding the exact pain point and delivering the ball accurately has just been part of the leap that he's taken. And if that's the adjustment Monty and them are going to make, then I, I expect a big CJ game on the way. You know, I, I expect him because he's he's had the game where he hit six threes, right? But I, I'm talking about like that masterpiece, um, kind of like how he scored 38 um earlier in the season just like the the second game like the second game that he played um for for the pelicans so i expect that um i heard Suns fans talking about trying to start landry shamit instead of jay crowder i thought that's hilarious (laughs) (laughs) i I mean i I think it's hilarious because one you know jay crowder um if they do that the pelicans who were already rebounding almost half of all of their misses are just going to destroy them on the interior they're just going to destroy them on on the glass uh, they're going to target Landry Shamit in in every single um, you know pick and roll, every single screen in action. And man, if if you try to trap Bi with Landry Shamit, like what 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 are they going to do, man? It's it's so I I do hope they start Landry Shamit. But yeah, I, I hope they try it. Yeah, Ross, you know, uh, to everyone's <laughs> point, you know, that's that's crazy to think about that your second best player on the team hasn't even had a good game. And and Ross, like. The Pelicans, like, if we're really, they haven't had a complete game yet. Like, they got outplayed in the second quarter. I think last night was closest, closest to the most complete game they've played. But, Ross, if CJ has his CJ game, I can see this ending in six in New Orleans. Yeah, I, you know, actually, uh, yesterday was was interesting because I, I thought he manufactured some really good looks for himself. Um, you know, some in ball screen, some in transition that he just missed. Uh, but I, I felt like yesterday he got some good looks and he was he was overall really effective. He just didn't knock down a bunch of shots. Um, but just to go back to that last point, yeah, I, I was if I'm Monty Williams, I go the opposite of that. I, I think the Landry Shamit minutes, minutes have been a disaster. I, I mean, I feel like he's getting just abused sort of on both sides of the court. And I, I find we're not even really – I mean, we're almost letting him shoot. If if I was them, I'd go the other way. I think they've got to find a way to get campaign more minutes. Just one from a ball handling perspective, and two, he's just feisty enough to to maybe make a difference. But I, yeah, I, if I was trying to win the series, and I was if I was trying to win the series, and I was the Suns, I sure as hell wouldn't say more minutes for Landry Shamit. As a Pelicans fan, God, I hope they start him. I hope they play him thirty minutes a night because I think that pretty much guarantees victory. But um. But yeah, look, I think the CJ game's coming just based purely off of how he played yesterday. It, I mean, he's a great shooter. He's not going to miss some of the shots he missed yesterday forever. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, we're all, I'm at a loss for, you know, as a Suns fan. They're, I mean, I'm not just saying this is a homer. I, I think they're in trouble. Um, I really do. 
Yeah, Lita, hopefully your sound's not clipping too much. So I'm going to pitch it to you here. But we talk about, you know, CJ McCollum's breakout game. Uh, do you, we talked about, I think I talked about with five, um, more getting off the ball. I, I, I feel like he didn't force last night. I, I, I didn't think that CJ played that bad. I also didn't think he forced a lot of shots last night. And he kind of made the right read and then hit the open man. But if, Schmidt saying this and Ross saying that. I mean, if they don't start Jay Crowder, I mean, how are you going to guard anybody on the court? I mean, we we haven't had that complete CJ game yet in these playoffs. Like, you know, Schmidt has said and Ross has said, we haven't had that that game where we can be like, yeah, that was that was Blazer CJ, right? But I I do think it's it's gonna happen. He it to me, if I remember correctly, I think he kind of came out aggressive yesterday. Uh, he started off the game rather aggressive, but he, you know, ended up being more of a, a facilitator uh, yeah. and you know just kind of like a vessel of getting the ball to bi. Um, look, and to Shamit's point, I I was reading some Suns. I was going through Suns Twitter. They were saying they were saying play Aaron Holiday over campaign. <laughs> so you know, I mean, hell, I'll I'll take it. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll please, let's do it. But you know, I, I I think I think they are in trouble. I don't know. I don't know what other they don't have the personnel to make other adjustments at this point. Um, right. With with book going out, like it really throws a monkey wrench in. In it really limits what they can do. It's not. It's not. I'm looking. I was going up and down that roster, like. What, what you gonna you gonna put Bismack Biombo in? I I don't know like I don't know what it is that well, <laughs> that I, yeah let me no Lito I, I, yeah you make a good point for, if, for me the the one thing they've had that's been unquestionably successful is going through DeAndre Ayton and I, I I mean I thought he started great again yesterday and then for whatever reason he became a little passive I mean I think we were just doing a good job frustrating you know Chris Paul and the guards so they were struggling to get it to him but. I mean, they, they've got to go back to the drawing board and try to find a way to get him like 20 shots a night. I, I don't. I mean, he's he's been incredibly efficient. He's wearing us out with that little 12 footer. Um, and I think Jonas has had kind of a tough time guarding him. I, it, it other than just a massive game from him, I, which you know who knows. But other than a massive game from him, I, I like where we sit. But he's the one guy that that is sort of done at least offensively almost whatever he's wanted to do. Um, and you know the way we countered that yesterday was Jonas was just way more active on the offensive end and actually made him guard. So, um, you know, that's one way to neutralize him a little bit to make him play defense. But yeah, he, know, he's the one guy that makes me a little nervous. Yeah, I mean, I hear you, but it kind of reminds me of when Anthony Davis was on the Pelicans and he would have like huge games and they'd be really, really efficient. But the team in general wasn't wasn't outscoring the other team. It wasn't, you know, it was good for his offense, it wasn't good for the team's offense. And I think that's kind of like the big man curse a little bit is when you're a high-level play finisher, I think you can like really raise the ceilings of teams if you have those elite shot creators and guys who can create shots for others. And when Phoenix has both CP and Book, that's what they are, right? And he's the perfect tip of the spear that that can like put teams away. But when, when you take one of those shot creators off the table – it's, you know, how, how much is, you know, Aiden going off in one-on-one situations really raising the rest of the team's offense, right? Because, like, 
outside of CP, they struggle to get him the ball. And, and it's not like he's putting up 20 shots a night. If he did, you know, he'd be scoring almost 40 points because he misses two of them, you know? So it, I, I think if they want to do that, the Pels would kind of live with, with Jonas guarding him in single coverage. I mean, what else can you do? Right. Like if you, the second you start collapsing on him, sending doubles at him, you start leaving the shooters open and, and, you're inviting them to get hot this series when they've been shooting really poorly. And I think, you know, they should probably stay the course in terms of the, like chasing them off that three point line. If, if Aiden's going to be the guy that beats you great, you know, like you tip your hat to him and he's been, and, and he's been remarkable all series. Like they're not losing because of him. He's, he's been really good. Um, and, and, you know, like people make a lot of the fact that Jonas is kind of eating him alive on the offensive glass. He eats everyone alive. I mean, that's that's not an Aiden thing. That's a team rebounding thing. That's your wings. That's Jay Crowder. That's Mikel Bridges. That's uh, Cam Johnson. You guys can't be 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", and, and letting Aiden get uh, chewed up like that. That's, that's that's a team thing. Yeah, uh, good points. You know, five. One of, the, one of the, I guess, complaints, right, last night was the Pelicans shot 42 free throws, the Sun shot 15. Uh, I know how this goes where – they're going to be back in Phoenix. Chris Paul's going to be flopping. DeAndre Aiden's going to get the touch calls. Um, do you see that being a problem tomorrow? I was just thinking about it, you know, because I thought the Pelicans were the more aggressive team. If there was an adjustment from the Monty Williams side, I would probably say let's feed into Aiden, be more aggressive, get into the hoop. Um, you know, is that something to worry about tomorrow? You know how these things go. Coaches say something in the media. Right, you're gonna see an impact in the game, like that kind of goes. But I think Shamir, I think you put out something today that said uh, the Pelicans are top in the league at top ten free throws. Right? Yeah, you're getting free throws. I don't want to butcher it. And the the Suns have been like the thirtieth ranked team. Yeah, and, yeah, like yeah. like all right, that's who you are. You're complaining about something that you you've known all season, but that just you're trying to just gain an advantage. That that free throw disparity wasn't about non-foul calls that the Suns didn't get. Like you got six free throws from Jay Crowder shooting. Like you're a jump shooting team. You shoot a lot of threes. If you if you take those six free throws away, it's even worse. That's on you. Y'all shoot a lot of jump shots. And back to the DeAndre Ayton thing, it's not like he his advantage on Jonas is always predicated on pick and roll. Where he, where he has Jonas running at him trying to recover, and he has the advantage. If you dump the ball into him and there's no pick and roll, he's going he's just going one-on-one on Jonas, I think their offense is stagnant. If you're going to just rely on, on DeAndre to, to create or, or score, and that's your, that's your filler, or, or that's the filler of, you know, D-Book's points, I don't think that works. I don't, I don't see how that, that accomplishes their goal. I think they just have to be better on defense. If you're again, we're talking about the Suns, they have to be better on defense, create more turnovers because we we are used to turning the ball over and get out, get out and run in transition and then knock down threes. There's no other adjustments for them. That's that's kind of what I have. Yeah, and, and just I, just I mean I don't I don't look I don't disagree with you at all or or what you know Schmidt was saying earlier. I guess my my point was that if, if I'm I'm not saying it would work. I'm saying if I'm the Suns, it feels like your only real opportunity to win this series is to somehow get Aiden more involved, try to get Jonas in foul trouble and, you know, sort of fix, try to fix that disparity on the glass by, by getting Jonas out of there. But yeah, that's, that, that is, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this through Monty's lenses here and they're, they're foggy at best. Yeah. That, think, go ahead. Go ahead. I think they have to become an anti Monty Williams team. And what I mean by that, 
I, hear me out. Hear me out. What I mean by that, the hallmark of Monty Williams teams are they're not particularly fast. Um, they don't shoot threes and, and they play a very, you know, pounded out, take mid mid range shots type of um, game. And all season long, you look at their shot profile. They don't get to the rim a lot. They don't take that many threes. They're killing you because they're hitting long twos at an obscene rate. They don't get to the line and they don't offensive rebound well. So they were the second best offense in the league just off the back of ridiculous shot making all year long. One of your shot makers is gone. The other is struggling, maybe hurt. No one knows what's going on. You know, like, yeah, he took over those two games, but those other two games, he was kind of not as big of an effect, right? So when you look at what this offense has to fall back on, they don't have anything. The Pelicans always had free throw shooting, um, not making. They're not very good at making them, but they get to the line, right? And they always had offensive rebounding. Rebounding was their superpower, right? This team has nothing, and, and the Suns need to become a team that runs and shoots a lot of threes because the Pelicans do struggle to defend teams that are jump uh, shooting a lot of threes. If they can find a way to generate looks for their shooters, get Cam Johnson going, get campaign going, um, even, you know, get Mikael Bridges going, they can take advantage of a young team who isn't necessarily like locked into that specific game plan. They're locked into you playing a certain type of way. And now you have to like chase them across, you know, to the three point line. I think that's the adjustment they have to make. I don't think Monty's going to make that adjustment. I don't think Monty's going to be like, Hey, go shoot threes, have fun, you know, put those shots up. It took Popovich how many years to like embrace three point shooting. It's crazy. Right. So these coaches are kind of set in their ways. And I, I think, yeah, like I, I'm going back to Deandre Aiden. The, the Suns are 10 points better on offense when he sits. That's that's nuts. That's that's nuts. Like, he is not helping their offense. And, you know, part of that's just been, like, who he's been matched up with and um, the minutes he's playing, like, the substitutions and stuff. But, like, that's that's your potential max player, right? That's their, that's their number one overall pick. And if he can't lift an offense by himself, they're in trouble. He's not getting that money, yeah. huh? Yeah. I mean – I mean, some team's going to pay him that money. Charlotte would pay him that money. Like, I can't believe yes, Rudy Gobert right. paid $40 million. I, 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 that was shocking. I almost fell out of my bed when I saw that. I forgot about that yeah, contract. Insane. I just, big man. In, I just, that. Lito, I know I got to get to you. Um, so we talked about the Schmidt, though, which is interesting because you say the adjustment would be play fast. If you play fast, I feel like you're playing right into our hands because, as Fab and Lito said last week, 37 years old, Chris Paul's their guy. He is the motor. He is the heart. He doesn't want to play that game. So, Lito, you know, if they do play that game, I'm sure they might play off hot. Maybe they get out. But in a four-quarter game, in a seven-game series, as you saw, Chris Paul, I tweeted this out there, you know, a couple nights ago. He played 40 minutes. He was not the same guy uh, on Sunday. Like I said last week, Charles Barkley brought up a very valid point, man. Those back-to-back games or on those 30-plus-year-old legs, like you just cannot have the same effect on the game. And who – play fast how? How are they going to play fast? Like, I, I don't understand – I just don't understand what, what they would do. Like, you know, just to piggyback off what Shemin and Fly were saying, they're, they're a jump-shooting team. They're – so the three, the free throw disparity, like, I don't even understand how you complain about that. We're actively attacking a rack. I don't see Cam Johnson putting the ball down and, and trying to get, you know what I'm saying, to the, but he's not creating anything off the dribble. Um, I, I, I and they don't like, rebound. 
You can't run and if you don't rebuild. Don't <laughs> exactly. Like, how do you how like run how? Like <laughs> run to the locker room? I don't know what I don't know where they're running to. But I, I and the, and the other thing too, like I just wanted to hop in on, on the Aiden point real quick. Man, Shamit said something, and I've been holding this tweet in for weeks. I he reminds me, I'm not saying he reminds me of AD as far as like playing ability, but he scores a lot of empty points to me. He scores points that don't affect the game in a way where like it doesn't lead to winning basketball. And then I'm not saying that he he won't ever, but if you look at the first half, he usually dominates. And then for some reason, they just go away from him or the ball just doesn't come back to him. Um, and I'm taking that one-on-one versus Jonas every day of the week. I'm so cool with that. If he gets 40, I'm cool with that, man. Like that, that to me like that, that doesn't, that doesn't mean we lose. That teams, he doesn't make teams adjust. Teams, like I said, they, they live with him. If, if he's cooking them one-on-one, great. If Jonas is cooking you one-on-one, Teams are sending two or three at, right? Because he's cooking you. He's getting every offensive glass. He's like he actually forces coaches to ex- adjust. Um, yeah, man. I I just don't think that you're right. I just don't think he moves teams. Coach is like, all right, cool. If he's gonna get ten dunks, we live with it. Justin, I know you're bending down over there, but I had a question. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say. So I mean, <laughs> the the Pelicans have had. You know, somebody off the bench has, has been pretty meaningful, uh, you know, for the Pelicans every game this series. Obviously, you know, game one, I think, I don't know if it was, but I think it was. Very nice game three, it was some kind of combo of Trey Murphy and Devontae hitting a couple big threes. And then, you know, yesterday, I obviously, you know, everybody saw what Jose Alvarado did. Um, and really, I mean, really the whole team yesterday, but Alvarado kind of changed the game with his minutes there in the second half. Who are you looking at in game five in Phoenix off the bench that's going to possibly be the difference? You said me? I don't know if we're... Yeah, go, go ahead. I think we lost Justin, it looks like. Oh. <laughs> See it, I I would have to go campaign like I would have to, because I'm saying for the Pelicans. He, oh 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 oh, I say that's Trey Murphy and CJ. Um, the ability to stretch the floor, um, younger, athletic Trey, great rebounding. I like last night he had a <laughs> a rebound and a in a in a foul almost an and one. And he was trying to get the crowd involved. Like, I think he wants this. Like, I think, like, you you can sense the energy from him. Like, all right, I want to play in these games. Like, I, I want I want this. And he had a big game last time in Phoenix. Ain't nothing like going back, especially for a young player, ain't nothing like going back to a place you, like, where you know the rims now. Like, oh, I had a good game here. Yeah, yeah, it's, this is what I want. I think this is, that, I think that's a, it's a Trey Murphy game next game. I'm, I'm glad you see- I'm glad you said that because uh, I feel like Trey Murphy's had a, just a massive impact in in all four games, and it hasn't shown up really in in as a you know if you're just looking at who's scoring how many points, but he's made an impact in every game, and and I feel like you're reaching that culmination where it's it's gonna show up. Where he's gonna knock out some big threes um, in, in game five because he to me has made the most you know may, well I won't say the, the biggest impact off the bench, but we've been pretty damn successful in the minutes he's been out there in these first four games. Um, and I'd like to see yesterday, we kind of got ahead a little bit and, you know, you know, I think he only played 15, you know, 16 minutes, but 
Um, I, I think I think that game's coming. I, I think it's coming. Schmidt, I want. Can y'all hear me? By the way, Mike. Yeah. I don't know. Something happened to Mike's the studio, so I just went with on my laptop. But Schmidt, you uh, tweeted something out. I think it might have been Saturday morning. We were talking about uh, his on-off rating um, with Trey Murphy. Go ahead and, and um, explain, you know, a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, actually, let me let me pull up the stats, uh, like the most recent stats here um, right now. Okay. So right now, the Pelicans have an offensive rating of one twenty-eight point eight when Trey Murphy's on the floor. Uh, they have an offensive rating of one hundred seven point seven when he's not on the floor. So they're twenty-one points from 100 possessions better when Trey Murphy's on the floor. And what that essentially means is even though he's playing limited minutes, the Pelicans are scoring at such a high rate, they're essentially blowing out the Suns in the in the minutes that Trey Murphy plays. And, and that's wild because you look at Trey's stat lines, he's like, oh, he had two shots, or, you know, he went over two, or maybe he went one for four. Whatever it is, it's like, well, this guy, you know, how can this guy who is not scoring all that much impact the game in such a way well it's because he someone has to account for him at all times when they when they put him in that corner those help defenders that have to reach across and tag the low man or they have to help contain any of the drives they can't do that and willie green being part of that monty system runs a lot of the same stuff the suns run where they pull the help guy out of the corner they lift him up and so it becomes harder to help and when you have a guy like, you know, like Najee Marshall out there, doesn't matter where he's on the court, you're going to help off, right? When you have Jackson out there, doesn't matter where he's on the court, you're going to help off. When you have Trey on the court, you can't do that. And what that does is it gives guys like CJ and BI more one-on-one looks. Um, and then it gives their bigs, whoever's on the court at that time, freedom to crash the offensive glass. Because, again, it's just another body that's not in the paint. And so it's it's been this way for – over a month now where, you know, Trey comes in and the, the stars that are on the court with him just get hot or someone gets hot yep. and and the Pelicans just, you know, outpace whatever team they're going with. And so I think I think it's going to be super interesting to watch moving forward, especially, especially if Big Z comes back. Because if Big Z comes back and you give him a shooter like Trey and they can't collapse the paint on him like that, you know, you, know, you, you put him in those same lineups that Larry Nance is out there with, you give him all of Najee's minutes, right? So it's like CJ, B.I., Zion, Trey, and, and, and Larry Nance. Oh, my gosh. Like, are you, Shemin, I'm not trying to cut. I'm not trying to Are you trying to hint at something here? Like, is there something that you know that we don't know? Or is this no, like, man, oh, No, oh I, I can gosh. just fantasize. I, oh I'm, I'm just gosh. a Hoop fan, man. I just need to see this lineup <laughs> on the court. Oh, and, and and the other thing is like when you space the floor out that like that for Z, like he's already the best person, maybe best in history getting his own misses, right? Like, I mean, you know, doing the Carl Malone thing. Um, uh, was it Carl or Moses Malone did anyways? Anyways, but yeah, so he's one of the best players in history getting his own misses, and you space the floor out that floor like that for him, it's yeah. it's game over, man. Those 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 units are just gonna score a million points a minute. Yeah. Oh no, it'll be a joke. So you know, we're gonna we're gonna this be the last thing, and then we'll we'll head out. Um, but you know, I'll start with Ross. Then um, we'll go to Lido, then Schmidt to end it. But Ross, give me your prediction, game five, because it's a do or die for the Suns, not necessarily the Pelicans. Yeah, I, you know, again, I just I hate doing this because I don't hate doing it, but it just makes makes it sound like we're just a big homer. But I really think there's a there's a formula here, and, and we found it. I. I for me, it's simple. If we score 100, 
Pelican score 110 points and we win. I, I think it's just getting out, running, and and making them play defense, making them – I mean, they got tired. They got worn out. I think if we come out, rebound the basketball, and run, I think we win. Lito. Um, Pels in six. We're definitely winning the next game, and then the shit is over. The shit is over. Shavette. Yeah, I, I, I said it's going to be a C.J. Uh, McCollum game. I'm sticking with it. I think it's a big night for him. He's, I think he's going to get hot very, very early. He's going to have a big first half. That's going to cause all kind of rotation adjustments from uh, Monty Williams, all kind of scheme adjustment coming out of half, and that's going to let B.I. And, and Jonas and all those other guys get hot the second half, and that's it. That's going to be the game. Damn. So we're saying we're literally in agreement saying Pels and six, which is – insane to think about um you know we had five on jazz on but you know thanks to schmidt Lido ross go ahead right you wanted to say something no i, I yeah I, did, I just wanted to say that the only thing that, that that i'm a little worried about is uh is the quick turnaround on the travel 9 p.m game or whatever another one of these stupid late starts for uh i mean granted the suns have to have the same travel for this one they're not just sitting at home but that's the only thing that's making me nervous so i really am hoping cj comes out hot um I just hope we're not sluggish in any way. It's it's a quick turnaround, you know, long flight. But the Suns have to do the same thing. So I'm with you. I mean, yeah, I mean, they'll do the same thing. And Chris, you know, I I just – the minutes really weren't that bad last time for the Pelicans. 36 from BI, 35 from Herb, 33 from JV, 36 from CJ. You know, CP once again logged 35. You know, Mikel Bridges 41. So it's going to be interesting, you know. But – Once again, tomorrow night, tip off at night. Do you want to say something, Schmidt? Yeah, just one last thing is that the Pelicans have been playing with their backs against the wall basically for the last two months, right? I mean, definitely every single game since since uh, the trade deadline. The Suns have been front running. They've been load managing players. They've they've had nothing really to play for. They've never really been in this position where like, oh my gosh, we're playing for a lot. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely think that the the quick turnaround is going to be a factor. Well, we can't overlook how much of a factor it's going to be for the Suns because yeah. they literally – they haven't been in this position all season. They haven't had to be, you know. That's true. And, 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 and I, I just like to add on to the end of that. I said last week – or not last week, but the other day, I said that you're playing with a bunch of young guys who don't know what they don't know, and they don't know fear. Like, this is this is normal. Like, this – you know, Herb coming in – Herb, uh, uh, Trey – Jose being rookies coming into this environment, like this shit is normal. Like th- this is, they come in a playoff basketball and, you know, I-, I just feel like, I just think we're in a good position, man. I think we're going to shock the world. I agree. I Pels and six. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. So once again, shout out to Company Burger located 4,600 Barrett Street and also DraftKings, the official sports book betting partner of Boot Crew Media. Remember use New users use code boot that five dollars. You automatically win 150 bucks. It's very simple. So once again, Schmidt, Lido Ross, thanks for joining. See y'all tomorrow night. Peace.